starting to start up. And happy Valentine's Day. You're probably not listening to this on Valentine's Day, but whatever. It's a stupid holiday anyways. But anyways, guys, uh, welcome back. Um, I got some exciting news to share. I'll wait till probably the end of the podcast a little bit to do that one. Um, we had some pretty recent improvements on uh, where we're heading as a company, and I wanted to go back through and be able to cover that all with you guys. But, you know, I was thinking about a lot about one of the probably most stressful things I've had recently, and that was dealing with architects. And kind of what I ran into with this is I made a, I, I had a quick realization that um, I screwed up. And I thought, you know what, I screwed up pretty bad. I should probably put this up on a podcast so that people hopefully don't have that same thing happen to them. So what it is really is it had to do with how many, uh, about getting bids, everything you do, getting multiple options. So I, I kind of always thought about this bidding process as kind of a giant pain in the ass. You can figure out who you're going to use and move forward. But I, I'm, I'm realizing really quickly that that's not the case. So I want to share a couple of stories that I, I had about this and uh, some, you know, frustrating one and a really good one. So the first one, the last few days, I've really been stressed out because we've been for the last 12 days have been negotiating with the architects about uh, their contract. And I'll be honest, their contract sucked ass. It was basically, we will create you bare bones uh, project. Um, it's not guaranteed to have any detail. If we screw up and somebody dies because of it, it's not our fault, it's yours. And you're not gonna own any of the info, anything that comes out of it. I mean, it was by far the worst contract I've looked at so far out of all the contracts I've looked at. And I'm working with a mall right now. So let's be real, that's, that's saying a lot. Our liquor contract was actually less, it was about one third the pages of what this architecture contract was. So I wasn't really experienced with this. So I thought maybe I should reach out to some people that have done this stuff before. And I called up my contractor to ask him about it. He said, yeah, their contract is bullshit. It's hard. A lot of people really don't like it. And I thought if that's the case, you know, they probably want to ask for the moon and, you know, fall somewhere in, in the atmosphere at least. But I, 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 I crossed off some stuff, struck some items that I thought was pretty reasonable to strike, had my attorney look at it, he agreed to it all, sent it over, and they responded basically with a big fuck you. That's where, that's not how we're going to go. You can either accept it the way it is or nothing at all. And I tried to explain to him where our position was. Now, here's the thing. At the point of when they responded, they, the, the minute they sent me this contract, it was already a pretty big flag because it was 11 pages long of the, of removing all liability that they had. And I, I, I needed more bids, but we just didn't, ha I, I had met with them and I thought, you know what, these are our guys, whatever, um, you know, we'll, we'll be able to work through this contract negotiation like anybody else does when you do a contract is you eliminate the things that are unfair. You try to negotiate some of the clauses to even out some of the liability. I mean, that is literally what a contract is, a negotiation is, and every contract should be negotiable. You got to be able to, each side's got to be able to look out for their best interests and make it a partnership just the same. But anyway, so on this contract, I cross the stuff off and send it to them. And they tell me, no, but we're too far gone now. We, we don't have the time to get another architect on this. It's costing us. We are now at this point, we're spending a thousand dollars a day, no matter what. If we're not doing a goddamn thing, it costs a thousand dollars a day. So every day I delay this start is $1,000 plus the loss of revenue that we get, which, you know, let's call it $5,000 a day. So there's $6,000 a day that I'm missing every day that this doesn't proceed forward. 
So working with these architects, they took their time to respond and they didn't want to, they didn't want to do any movement on it. And it was some pretty serious shit. It was some things that like not being able to replicate anything within the facility. Well, we want to make this something that can be franchised. We want to make this something that we can expand out, out in multiple offerings. So if they don't allow us to replicate this stuff, then how the hell are we going to have a consistent brand image? So, you know, it was things like that that really we couldn't go forward with if that was going to be the case. So when we talked with the, the with the contractor, I brought him in and said, hey, what do you think about all this? You know, how much more is this going to delay us if we go to another architect? He said, it's going to be at least a month extra time. So my screw up is then $30,000. If I just would have gotten additional bids, I wouldn't even be a problem because I would have moved on from it. I will say I did get one additional bid. They were twice the price. We couldn't afford it. Just wasn't in the budget. But at this point now, it took 13 days for us to be able to finally get this contract fixed. The contractor called up the architect and said, hey, this is crazy. You guys should be able to do something with this. At that point, they just changed. They, they did everything I'd asked them to do. But they also added on that they weren't going to start the project for five business days on top of what they had before. So then that at that point, that whole thing cost me $18,000 to do that negotiation of that contract. That's my goddamn fault because I didn't get multiple people so I could tell them to go piss off when they started giving me issues like this. So what I'm saying is you need to take the time to get multiple bids no matter what you're doing. Now I had this, we, we, had, uh, we had originally when we first started this project, we were going to work with a company, a contractor that was local that um, we had a contact with and uh, so a prior relationship could be kind of established with it and kind of move forward. So we reached out to them, they did the bid, and they were insanely expensive. So we started going to other contractors for bids. We had the time at that time. We had we, we had the ability to be able to do that. Through that process, we interviewed 12 contractors, had probably six or seven of them come onto site. They, did, they all did bids. Everybody gave us a sales pitch of what they were going to do. And we ended up choosing actually the second most expensive one because over and over, he kept proving the added value he was going to bring to the project, which actually ended up being proven right here with this architect firm because he's the one that got them to finally move on their agreement so that we could keep this project moving forward. I, I do not have confidence saying that any of the others would have done that. But through that bidding process, we were able to find the very best. Not just not the cheapest, not the most expensive, whatever. We found the best. And it got me thinking along the lines of like when you're interviewing people. Now, when you interview people, there's this thing called the, the halo and the horns. If somebody walks in the door and they, within the first 30 seconds, give you a first positive experience or you looked at their LinkedIn and they were like the freaking cat's pajamas on the on LinkedIn there um, about how great they would be for the position, you have may, may have already made the decision in your head that you like that person. That's called the halo effect. You're going to start asking questions like, you wouldn't steal, right? You wouldn't sexually harass a teammate, right? You start asking these leading questions. You start giving them the answers. Their answers you start interpreting in positive ways. And it's a really tough thing to get over. There's also the horns effect. You know, I I think back to I had a guy come in with an interview that he showed up in pajamas and his mom was there. And I remember I had just learned about this and thought, you know what? I shouldn't I shouldn't judge him for this, even though like right now I want to tell him to just go get fucked because that's not how you go to an interview. But you know what? I'm going to at least try this out. I ended up hiring the kid and he was one of the best hires I ever had of my life. So, you know, the, a lot of times with that horns effect, if he had came in, I would have lost that opportunity on to be able to hire somebody that was as good as he was, you know, and that's, 
that's a hard thing to get over is when you don't like somebody having to say, I might not like them, but they may be the best person for this. And, you know, honestly, the other architect that we interviewed on this, that was a great example. Our first conversation, he started judging what my budget was and telling me that he needed to see my financials before we'd go any further in, in conversation. My immediate response was, who the fuck are you to tell me that you need to see my financials to do business with me? You have no place to tell me that. Just that was how we started off the relationship. But by the time we were done, we never once clicked. We did not see eye to eye. We didn't get along. It was not really a comfortable conversation. But if we could have afforded him, we would have hired him because he was the best. So what I'm saying is, is the bidding process should be similar to an, inter an application and interview process. Bring a lot of people in. Don't prejudge what, what you're getting when it comes to you. And then make a decision based on the, the facts that you got during the interview process. So stop thinking about bids as a way of looking at the cost. You know, a lot of salespeople, they look at bids as they want to get down to the lowest cost. I can promise you that there is the majority of, of companies out there will pay more for something in a bid if they, they have more perceived value outside of that. You might not be able to quantify it, but more perceived value in it. So when you get these bids, you're going to find people who are better. Plus, it actually kind of keeps them honest. You should at least always have two bids. I would suggest getting a third because that second bid, those two bids could even easily be something where people collude in the background. Three, it makes it a whole lot more difficult. But if you get those multiple bids, you're going to find out who is going to be your advocate for things and who is going to be able to help you through this project. But that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you guys about because, you know, it cost me $18,000 to learn that my way. And hopefully I, can have, I may have just saved you $18,000 by doing that one thing right there. I will also say the contractor we hired over the prior or the first one we were going to go with, um, it saved us over $300,000 and quite possibly additional beyond that. Um, so there's, there's a lot to be gained. There's probably actually not a whole lot more during the startup process. There's probably not a whole lot more where, that you can gain things on um, more efficiently than having bids and having competition. Competition is the surest way of lowering prices in the market for sure. So, well, I, now I, I got to give you guys the story about where we're at. So we've been working with this uh, POS and timing company called SMS Timing. They're based out of Belgium. Um, and there's definitely some cultural gaps between us and them. Um, one of the things that we ran into challenges with was they just didn't really seem like they were taking us seriously. When we were first developing combat carts, they were just super stoked about it. They wanted to be involved with it. Just, oh my gosh, this is going to be so great. We can see the co-development with this. And yeah, this is going to be awesome. And then they just fell off the face of the earth. So when it got to the point where we really weren't able to get a hold of them very often, we entertained another competitor. So we called another competitor and it's called Club Speed. And they're based out of the United States. Now their cultures and how they do business match us. And that's probably why we clicked a whole lot better. And we're going to have to, as a company, we're going to have to mature and get over that. Um, especially if we're looking at international sales, we, we've got to be able to be fluid in that. Well, we worked with Club Speed and it wasn't but five days and they signed a joint venture agreement with us where they're going to be sell, selling our, our products to their current customer base. Now they've got 95% market share in the United States, 85 in Australia, 80 in Canada, and they just opened a location in Europe. So the majority of our English speaking customer base, which is who we're going to be appealing to at first before we really start to dive a little bit deeper into the different cultures and nuances of international business, 
they have the majority of the business that is and all they have they have the contacts they have the the relationships everything so we made an agreement on what it would be for them to be able to sell ours and the money they would make from that in return any business that we sell to that doesn't have their their programs they're going to have to buy their programs because they work together so that's why it's a joint venture they ha we you have to have both of our products to make this work so every location we get that same dollar amount for every location we sign up that doesn't already have them now, granted, they have a lot more to be able to make from this because they have the relationships and rightfully show. So they should make more money for it. They should charge us more money for it because they've been in business long enough to get those relationships. We haven't been. But you know what? They didn't charge us shit. I mean, 1% of what our total offering is going to be. Nothing. Because they know what ex this experience is going to bring to the industry. Now, that says everything to me for who we're going into business with and who we should be aligning a partnership with. The amount of trust I have with this company is already through the roof because of how our contract negotiations and how our conversations have went. So it's extremely exciting. It's a shitload of, po of potential revenue. Probably couldn't have chosen a better partner to go with. And honestly, the conversation couldn't have went any better. They gave us early access to their technologies for development at no additional charge so that we can try to get connected with this stuff and bring combat carding to, to you guys. Now, in the since this last call, we did separate one company. So this, the, you know, this podcast has always been about high caliber carding. Well, we decided to call it high caliber carding entertainment because if you're listening to this, make sure you're not focused on just one thing that maybe might be able to be phased out. So, you know, if you love butterflies, love butterflies, but don't love monarchs. You know, like to try to find something that's at least a little bit uh, specific enough to be broad to cast to cast a broad net. So for us, we are an entertainment venue with a cart track offering. And the reason we're doing that is because we don't want to be defined as an indoor go-kart track. We don't want that to be the only thing we are. We want to be an entertainment venue like, like the Dave and Busters are, the Top Golf. You know, the, there's more that goes on there. There's there's these, they're more prestigious. Um, and I say that with Top Golf when it's named fucking Top Golf. But think of the Dave and Busters. You know, it's a place you go to do some shit. And that's what we want to be. So we want to be able to to change our offerings and make it make us more than a cart track, not only just in case something were to fall through in the future and no longer be available, um, but also because we want to be able to focus our attention on the other offerings we have and bring bring some uh, bring some of that to light. Um, one of those things being axe throwing. So we we added that recently to our venue, very inexpensive, uh, very easy to do. Lots of revenue that can come from it. And it just fits in with what our customer base is. So um, pretty easy for us to, to make that decision. Um, so we we put up, uh, Casey and Zach came over here and they put up uh, two lanes so we could practice with it, try to get really good at it so we can teach it, we can explain the rules, we know exactly how it's done, you know, just get professional in it. While right now, while we're building, we have to do everything we can to be prepared. The more we work towards being prepared for that opening date, the more prepared we're going to be for the next step. There's no too early. There's no too soon. I heard a quote today that I, I, I just love, and this says it all to me for people who want to start their own business, is it, it's, it's the idea that if you're working for something you don't care about, if you're working hard for it, that's called stress. If you're working for hard for something you love, it's called passion. So use that passion. You know, you're going to get burnt out. You're going to get tired at times. So while you have it, use the living shit out of it, you and your entire team. So one of the things we did is tomorrow, actually, so today is the 14th. So 
tomorrow I will officially be putting in my resignation with Bridgestone and be uh, close to ending that chapter of my life. Uh, so is another one of uh, Connor. He's going to be putting in his notice tomorrow. Casey put his in on Friday. And guys, just so you know, this is before we are done with the bank. We are all taking huge risks with this. But I think that's a part of this process. If you're starting a business and you're not willing to take those risks, just find somebody that you can that's willing to take those risks and do it with them. Let them take those risks and do it with them because you're better to be an employee at that point because it, your entire life is going to be these risks. And if you're not willing to play the gamble, you're not going to enjoy the game. But we put in our we're putting in our notice on Friday, and we wanted some way to be able to get that out there and tell people about it. Just show the excitement, show the passion and the enthusiasm we have to it. So we hired a media team to come and do a video. And um, Casey and I, we ripped down the old shitty go-karts that were all for combat karting to make them look more professional. So we, I mean, we stripped them to bare chassis and did a metal flake paint on it and new body work on it. And just, I mean, these things, they, they, they looked like they were ready to be thrown away when we started. And now they look like the, probably some of the nicest carts I've ever came across. Um, but we put those kind of up in the background and we did it in front of our axe throwing lanes. We did interviews and he asked us questions about what we're doing and what we're trying to achieve and what makes us different, what sets us apart. And then we submitted a bunch of different like pictures and videos of building this that, uh, we did along the way that it's all the fun things, the things that you love. And if you think about, if, if you stop for just one fucking second, just stop and think about what you're doing right now. Think about all the great things that have happened. Think about all the great people you've been involved with this. Feels fucking great, doesn't it? Think about where you're at now and where you were. Think about where you're going to be compared to where you're at right now. It feels fucking great. We wanted that in a video. I wanted that for when people, saw, when they watched it, when we told everybody on social media that we're leaving this chapter of our life behind in pursuit of greater things, in pursuit of our dreams. We want it to be an inspiring story that would get shared and get out there for all, hopefully to engage other people, encourage them to take a step, but also to get our name out there. So we created this thing that really is more of a passion for us and it's something that we can create an emotional connection with our customers. And even if we don't, guys, we had a hell of a good time doing it. And whatever it is you're doing, that should be what you're doing every day. Have fun with it. But that whole project was really eye-opening to me. The guy that was doing the videos asked us one question, asked each of us, what is something you want to say to your future self? And one of the guys, I, I think it was Kevin, he put this. He said, you took a chance. You took a big risk. You knew what it was. And you should be proud of taking that, taking that step and making that risk. And I, I, in my heart, it was just pounding with pride the way he played that. Is he's right. We should be proud of everything. We should be proud of every step. And that was a big eye-opening experience during that interview process that no matter what, even if we don't get one fucking engagement from this thing, it was going to be probably one of the most important things we did as a team to be able to look back on and say, I'm glad we did that. And also makes it, it, it also allowed us all to communicate exactly how we feel. It just, it was awesome. Now from here, we move forward to 
Uh, we got the next steps are we should be finalizing this lease next week, uh, where it's finally signed and everything. So spent all day today with lawyers trying to get that lined up, uh, working with that licensing agreement with Club Speed, uh, doing our our stuff with the attorneys to uh, for the liquor license, um, filing the new company, the new LLC to separate it. So now it'll be high caliber carding and entertain and high caliber carding in entertainment. That'll be our brick and mortars. That'll be our franchise operations. And then Combat Carding LLC, that is our company that is about the engaging experience of, uh, of you know, being able to shoot each other with uh, while racing carts and whatnot. Um, that's going to be our technology division. That's our first offering that we're coming out with. So we separated the two companies to make sure that they were protected against one another in case somebody did something stupid in one, the other doesn't go down with it. Um, but also in the process of negotiating this lease, we realized there's a thing called a use clause at these uh, locations. And we're tax or we are we're paying a percentage rent because we're working with the mall. So we have to pay a percent of our revenue over a certain threshold, um, which is usually 10 times whatever your rent is right now. That's kind of the industry standard. Um, you can get it a little bit lower if you negotiate it. That's what we were able to do. But uh, just kind of figure that for a rule of thumb. If your rent's one hundred thousand dollars and you're going to do a mall, um, then, you know, anything over a million dollars, you may pay 10 percent of your revenue to. Um, but anyways, uh, through that process, we, we realized that there was this thing called a use uh, clause, which basically says this is what you're going to use the facility for. Um, so we got a separate office and we set up a separate company because we need we, we knew we needed to protect that technology because that could be millions of dollars in revenue. And if we have to pay a significant percentage of our revenues because we exceeded that base uh, rent number, that 10 factor of our base rent, um, that'd be bad. That would be a shitty deal for us. So we wanted to make sure we protected that. Um, I highly advise all of you find a awesome attorney for every aspect of what you're doing. So right now we have an attorney for licensing agreement agreements, an attorney for liquor, an attorney for real estate, and a general attorney that basically covers all like the the, the shareholder agreements, the uh, business formations, the legals uh, of like uh, how we have to phrase stuff, reviewing contracts, stuff like that. And I would highly advise you to do the same thing. Um, get recommendations for people who use them. Find the best in the area because if you if you call the people who are the best and you say you're recommended by somebody who has a good relationship with them already, uh, you're going to be able to probably get in there and actually have that that high end presentation. It's really it's not that much more money. If a lawyer costs you a hundred dollars an hour and the best one in town costs you a hundred and thirty dollars an hour, get the hundred and thirty dollar an hour one. And you know they they're probably gonna be three four times what I just said. But just for example, it's usually not that much more to get the best. Um, it will be worthwhile. So holy shit, I just I threw a lot at you guys right there. And it's probably because I felt like I was overdue for hosting one of these, but. Um, I am sure you guys have all experienced this where it is growing very quickly. And if you haven't, it will. You will get there. Just got to have the faith and determination to get there. So, guys, hopefully you enjoyed your Valentine's Day or whatever recent Hallmark holiday just went by that after you listened to this. But I appreciate everybody listening. I hope somebody gets something from what I'm saying or it even prevents making a stupid decision. Please share this. Share it with people who are aspirational to start their own business or who have started their own business, you never know. It may help them take that next step, but share it, get it out there. The whole purpose we're doing this is so that people don't make the same mistakes I did and people have a little bit of direction that might be a little bit more challenging to get based on who you are. Have a wonderful day, guys. Make it a wonderful day. Go kick some ass. See ya.